This is a Miskatonic University special report. Hello and welcome to the Miskatonic University podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to Call of Cthulhu and other horror and Lovecraft related role playing games. This is a special edition episode regarding the unexpected changes that have come through Chaosium this week. I'm Keeper Dan. And I'm Keeper Chad. And I'm Keeper John. This episode is recorded on June 7th, 2015. And so, yes, this all starts off with an update to the Call of Cthulhu 7th edition Kickstarter on uh, June 2nd. So five days ago, the great old ones have returned, and uh, it kind of threw the entire Call of Cthulhu fan community into a bit of a whirlwind. Yeah, I mean, so... Wow. We should maybe summarize what we know so far. Um, in case yeah. somebody, it's possible there are listeners who are, are not on YSDC. And, yeah, so yeah. for those who are not in the know, uh, let's let's summarize and, and just put it out there as far as what the changes are. Basically, the management of the company, Chaosium, has had a complete reconfiguration. Uh, the former president and CEO, Charlie Crank, is no longer with the company. and Coming into that role is the original founder of Chaosium, Greg Stafford. He is now back as the CEO and president of the company. And then he also brought in Sandy Peterson as a consultant to work with the Call of Cthulhu line. Mm -hmm. We do know also that Megan McLean is no longer with the company, but that Mike Mason has been retained as the line lead for the Call of Cthulhu line. Well, here's what we know from the website is that her name is not on it, that Sandy Peterson and Greg have been, Greg Stafford have been added. Ben Monroe is there. Nick Nicario is there. Mike Mason, Dustin Wright, and Ken Coffer. Those are the names that now exist on the Chaosium About Us tab. And on May, if you look at the Wayback Machine, taking a snapshot of websites and various days on May 31st, which is just before this all happened. Charlie, Megan were on, and then it was Dustin, Nick, Mike, and Ken. That's what we know about what they are showing as their staff changes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that at least gives us something because that was manually changed. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of conflicting information, and this will all shake down pretty soon, but Nick Nicario's uh, LinkedIn status was changed to past tense, uh, working at Chaosium early this week. And uh, Charlie and Megan's status likewise were changed. So it's possible that it wasn't clear at first. Maybe Nick was asked back. But all we know is what what is public facing, which is LinkedIn statuses and the uh, Chaosium About Us section. Mm-hmm. So with these changes, and I, I'm kind of going to take on the role of someone who may not know what's going on. So I'll ask, I'll ask these questions. Um, how has this affected uh, the two Kickstarter drives that they've been working on? The Horror on the Orient Express, that so they've been slowly trying to fulfill, and the seventh edition that is uh, still under production. What kind of what kind of changes or or statuses have we received from the new management on those? Well, they kind of came out with a bang in their first announcement in the backer update. Uh, which is to say what the priorities are. Yeah. The main plan includes uh, quickly sifting through the current company problems, which is an an interesting little flag there. Mm -hmm. Immediately ship the remaining horror on the Orient Express backer rewards, 
and we know those have been hanging for yeah. quite a while. Yeah, that actually has been updated a little bit in that I know the European backers have not received theirs yet, but it's now been verified that the uh, shipment to Europe has passed customs. Mm-hmm. And is now on its way to Sans Detour, who will be doing the distribution. So there's actual good, verifiable progress on getting this out to our European uh, friends that uh, backed the Orient Express Kickstarter. I, I want to ask a, another question, if I may, because I, I know other Cthulhu-related products uh, with Kickstarters were having problems with European distributions. I'm, I'm thinking about the Golden Goblin Press. Mm-hmm. Uh, issues and i and i'm i'm kind of vague as far as what the exact problems were with that i think there was an actual person with a, yeah. a, a distribution company that 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 dropped the ball yeah there was a distribution house does that have any any no. connections with the no. what's been going on here? no, no connections. they're using okay. a completely separate the company that they're using for distribution is sans detour that's the company with the license to do the french call of cthulhu rulebook the okay. game in general. And, and they're so, fulfilling the backer rewards yeah. in this case. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That's great. I, I just wanted yeah. to kind of. It's a good solid part. Because it, it was unclear in my head. You know, it, were there certain issues that were, you know, because obviously that was, that came out not too long ago mm-hmm. for uh, Oscar Rios's Golden Goblin Press. He had some European distribution problems that, that were devastating. And I didn't know if. If that was a similar landmine that uh, Cassian stepped yeah, on, but that's apparently not it's an issue not. Here. So this is a totally different issue. Okay, I just wanted to get that yeah. clear. Now that is just referring to the main game box sets, not all of the stretch goal extras that were included in the campaign for Orient Express. That stuff still, I believe, needs to be distributed to everybody. Okay, U.S. and European. Yeah. So there's still a lot of the extra sundry bits and pieces that need to go out for that. Yeah, there was an update uh, on the Horror on the Orient Express Kickstarter. Uh, We've been getting a lot of questions about the dice, the keeper screen, and the simulacrum. And the simple version is that we're expecting a next shipment of these shortly, and we'll begin shipping those items. There's an apology, which is great, (laughs) I think. Good practice. And that's all. There's a little... Uh, a little contact us email and then yeah. some information about that actually indicates it says uh, you've all been Greg and Greg, Sandy, Mike, Dustin, and Nick and I are so happy to be making games for you. And this, this is Ben who's been writing these. Yeah. And they have created an email address. That's now, this is brand new of Kickstarter at chaosium.com. And if you have questions about a, one of their campaigns, that you're a backer and you're trying to find out information, you write to Kickstarter at chaosium.com and put which campaign it is that you are asking about in the subject. And then that will allow them to much more easily sift through those and get back to you and answer it. And they said they're going to be very vigilant about replying to people. Yeah, that's new. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that declaration is new. And that would be a change of tack because... I think at one point it said, we know in the past contacting us by phone or chaosing by phone is the only really way to do it. And that's been a source of frustration I've seen on YSTC for years. Yeah. Um, But that they said, actually, you can't because (laughs) don't contact us by phone because our email, uh, sorry, our voicemail system has tanked 
and mm. uh, email is the only way to do it now. So, and it looks like they are on top of it. Yeah. People have already said they're really responsive with emails and have gotten responses for the first time in a long time. Yeah, so. that's fantastic. Well, that is awesome. It's, that, that is great that they're being responsive then yeah. to those emails. It's not just Mike paying attention to that anymore. Yeah. You know, that was one of the blessings of when Mike Mason came on as Call of Cthulhu line editor is that he was trying to be very responsive to the customer base. And now we've got the entire team on the same page with that type of mindset. And it's a very good direction. This is exactly what the companies needed. Yeah, responsiveness is key. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, where were we going back to? Oh, we haven't talked about 7th edition. So that is also listed as a key priority. Both Sandy and Greg Stafford have indicated that that's, that's the top job at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that one's had some extra updates as the days have gone on. There was the discovery that there was an announcement previously that the book had been sent out to the printers and that it was in their hands and they were just kind of waiting on proofs and all that sort of thing. Well, it was recently discovered that the book actually hadn't been sent to the printers yet. Yeah. But that they fixed that as soon as it was discovered. So it is verified now through Mike that the book is at the printer. Fortunately, since we live in the future, sending a book to the printer means an email with an attachment. So that's not too difficult to actually do. Yeah, or it might, uh, who knows how big those files are. It might be some kind of other thing, but. Well, yeah, okay, a know, link FTP to a file on a server. It. I mean, it's all digital. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I think that is one of the biggest the, the only solid indication so far of real, uh, I'm going to call it wrongdoing, not in a legal sense, but yeah, where the company was untruthful. So the company did report earlier that the, that the books yeah. are at the printers. And so this process has not started. And um, a lot of people are pretty upset about that. I mean, yeah. they're, they're upset and about lots of things, including delays. To but be yeah, justifiably, yeah. being told an untruth is infuriating can be infuriating and mike mason did make the statement in uh the google plus forum that somebody you know had responded after that comment after that update and called mike a liar openly and he responded that he had made updates based on information he was given so even within the company there wasn't some terribly accurate information being passed around yeah Yeah. nor nor was it any kind of uh you know group consensus to 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 deceive i i I don't get that at all i think mike has been uh, very forthcoming and Mm -hmm. you know he's i mean he has really tried to be the new face of chaosium and uh if anyone has had the opportunity to travel to a convention where uh Chaosium has a presence and where, and especially where Mike uh, Mason is, is there. I think you, I think you also get that sense. I mean, he's very personable and very, you know, is able to come across as someone who cares about the company, cares about the product that he's helped, you know, co-write this, uh, the seventh edition and, and wants to get it out there uh, for the, uh, for the fans to enjoy. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't get any sense of, uh, wrongdoing or, or, or deceit from uh, Mike Mason at all. Yeah. Yeah, me too. 
Yeah. And we don't know. I think we might as well disclose that we talked just before the show about how much we wanted to get into. And we know we don't want to spread rumors or speculate with anything that's unverifiable. And we, we don't really know what happened in the engine block of this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that, that uh, Charlie Crank has been president and CEO and that he is no longer president and CEO. Usually when something goes wrong with a company, that's where the buck stops. But we don't know what happened. And I hope that we do find out what happened. And it's interesting that Sandy, especially, and uh, Greg just hasn't been on as much, but uh, Ben have been really surprisingly frank and transparent with the updates in just a few days before they even know everything. They've been trying to let people know at least that they are working on figuring out everything. I, I think that transparency is fantastic. <laughs> and I, you know, and we've been working with translucency <laughs> for a long, for a long time. Yeah. Like chaosum's just been plain old opaque for the most part until Mike came in. It was, it was just a blank wall. He started the trend of giving us information of what was happening. And w- before they started doing Kickstarter campaigns, it really didn't matter so much. They would say, hey, there's a book we're working on, and it may or may not have ever seen the shelves. And it really wasn't that big of a deal. It mm-hmm. was kind of a, oh, darn, I, I wanted to have that book. But it wasn't a prepaid thing. Now that with Kickstarter, you kind of have a different paradigm that I don't think Chaosium was ready for or had really considered fully that the response was so huge for both of these that uh, I just don't think they really expected what they were going to have to deal with. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about how much they took on as far as the stretch goals and, you know, Paula Cthulhu had a, had some very good thoughts about that, about how uh, you don't want to become a t-shirt company. <laughs> yeah. If you are a game company, focus on the, the core stuff that you are kickstarting. And many, many Kickstarters have fallen victim to this kind of bloat of stretch goals. and Including ours. Goo-gaws. I know, My right? Fault. <laughs> I put way too much stuff on ours, and I'm still trying to catch up on a lot of that stuff. Basically, everything that's left remaining is my responsibility purely. And so, yeah, I know exactly how it feels to these guys at Chaosium owing stuff to people that you haven't been able to deliver yet. Mm-hmm. Man, I would encourage, I don't know about you guys, but I'm glued to the YSDC thread, uh, mainly because you actually get solid information from yeah. it. There's a lot of speculation, a lot of ire and anger, frustration. I would encourage people to, if they're curious enough, to go ahead and go back and read all seven pages at this point of of that thread because it's really fascinating and it shows a kind of nascent new relationship between backers and, and Chaosium. And, you know, it's just the beginning of a company trying to reforge its relationship to its fans. And I think it's fascinating. It's also, there's also a lot of kind of right now it's devolved into a, a bit of a fight over whether or not it's justifiable to ask for, uh, some, some people have suggested that, that if the company's in trouble, that, um, backers pay a little extra for, what was a an artificially low estimate of shipping costs yeah but um again the company hasn't said yeah that's what we want 
mm-hmm. there's been a lot of back and forth about, well, I would do that because I, you know, all I want is my stuff. And if it's another, I forget what the extra cost would be. Well, if it's another 30 bucks, then I'm willing to pay it. And then other people are yeah. like, well, look, you know, I've waited long enough. All that's just speculation and kind of yeah, nobody's that's offered just- that personal back and forth between people yeah and yeah that is one of the factors going on is that they charge 10 or 12 bucks to ship out orient express and when people receive the box it says 50 dollars shipping charges on it mm-hmm. yep. and so that is just it was just that that part i have to think of is that was just negligence to think about it realistically for the shipping. And I think we were going to encounter a similar thing for 7th edition. Yeah. The shipping was very low. It was fantastically reasonable at the time. Now I think it was completely unrealistic. Yeah. I am so hoping. This is... I, I have no illusions that uh, Chaosium hangs on our every word or that, you know, that they actually <laughs> even listen to every show. But I say every because I know Mike has mentioned shows in the past. But I, this is... I would like to appeal for... At some point down the line, when everything is really clear, and it looks like we're going to get dribs and drabs of updates, it doesn't look like they're going to abandon those updates entirely. But at some point, I would love to hear a complete story about what happened. I don't necessarily need blame game stuff, but yeah, I think people deserve to know what happened, some sense of, of responsibility from beginning to end, so that we know... Okay, was that the decision to, you know, kind of roll out small batches of mailings and, you know, use money from the 7th edition Kickstarter to fulfill the... What happened exactly? How did it unravel? Because A, this could teach uh, really important lessons to other companies, which of course, you know, as a company, you're in competition with other companies. But I think think this is really... There's some really, really important lessons to learn here for everyone, including backers about trust and mm-hmm. knowing what you're getting into and yeah and, and what's a realistic expectation that kind of thing yeah yeah you know as a uh, invested backer in seventh edition uh, i personally backed at the hundred dollar level mm-hmm. but i invested an additional fifty dollars in add-ons if i was to receive an email let's just you know playing the playing the what if game if i was to receive an email that said, uh, okay, here's what you've backed at. Here's the level that you've backed at. Here are the rewards and add-ons. As a backer, you know, maybe there, there, maybe just the the everything that I've purchased, you know, in air quotes, purchased um, is is unattainable, and that I need to make uh, certain changes. You know, what changes would I be willing to make? You know, would that be adding in money to keep all the uh, the things the same or a voluntary reduction of some of the things that I've, again, in air quote, purchased in order to make it so that the 150 that I've invested then becomes equal to what can be shipped. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not sure. I, I would want to, I'd like to, you know, be able to see that email and see what the kind of choices are, you know, cause I, I did things like, you know, extra dice and stuff like that, but I also did other things like I remember, isn't the pulp Cthulhu was one of the things I added on. I still want to get that book, you know? Yeah. I still want to get that book. And so, I mean, I don't know if, I mean, I, I would tell them, look, if I had to wait an extra year just to get the Pulp Cthulhu, but it, that meant that I could have all the other stuff now and just, you know, 
wait a year to get the pulp. I would do that, you know, but I just, I want to get, I really, really, I want everything that I, that I ordered. And if I, you know, maybe had to add in 10 bucks or something like that, I guess I could do that. I don't know if I would add much more beyond that. Cause I felt like everything was, you know, reasonably priced, but maybe it was too reasonable. Yeah. The shipping know. certainly was, but way I too would low. also be interested to know, like you said, Chad, uh, what was the straw that broke the camel's back? What, where, what was the genesis of, of Sandy and, and Greg Stafford coming in, you know? Yeah. And Sandy did use the term takeover in one of his posts. It yep. could just mean taking over the reins of leadership in it. Yeah. I don't think that he necessarily intended to be interpreted as hostile takeover. Hostile, you know, yeah. But it does <laughs> seem like there was a buyout because yeah. it went from Charlie to Greg. And that, I believe, most likely was a buyout situation. Yeah. And, I mean, you never know. It, it could have been, it could have been. You know, Charlie reaching out saying, help somebody, please buy me out. That is a possibility. You know, I mean, we don't know. As Chad mentioned earlier, that's something that would be very nice to have released after the dust is settled and the campaigns are done. And I want them to focus on their uh, their obligations to backers and and customers Mm -hmm. and then let us know some of the the background details of how it got to this. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I, I, I think the candor that we've seen in updates has been really refreshing. Yeah. It sort of feels like in, in some good ways, it feels like the, there's no PR department kind of editing these things. Yeah. And, and that's kind of nice given the world that we're in, where companies are super cautious. Um, Yeah. I do think they came on strong. I think some of the statements indicated frustration and anger. They certainly have since then. But even Mm -hmm. the initial salvo was, uh, I just wanted to read what Greg said. Chaosium is part of my legacy. My intent is to restore it to its rightful place in the world of gaming, which is kind of an indictment of the past, right? Yeah. Something we can all take pride in and something that fans will look forward to. Where's what's uh, Where what's next is answered with, I can't wait. He, you know, in with that statement is indicating that that hasn't been the case for some amount of time. I think that was a little, when I saw that, I was like, Ooh, that's, that's pretty harsh. That, that indicates that that's very parental. <laughs> you know? Yes. Kind of like, uh, that's a good way that, of putting it. Yeah. That was, it's parental. It's somebody stepping in and saying, okay, I need to do something about this. Mm-hmm. And while many of us as backers fans, we can agree with that. It does read a little odd sometimes coming from the head of a company. <laughs> yeah. And, and what we're not hearing is it seems like they're sifting through records. You know, it seems like there's no mm-hmm. kind of continuity here that they're actually having to figure out stuff on their own. So I choose to imagine that the financial records for Chaosium over the last couple of decades are scrawled onto vellum made from mastodon skin. <laughs> right. There's okay. just one big wall of it stretched <laughs> sure. out, and they need ladders to be able to get up and examine the, the scrawling. That's just well, my I, visualization. God, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, sure. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully there are there is at least enough of a, an electronic and paper trail to cobble together the company's health pretty quickly. Yeah. 
but we know there's bad news. We know that there's there are indications of of financial. There's a financial situation. They're just kind of dancing around it, and they they probably should. I would caution caution them to be a little careful about about vague references to financial problems and that kind of thing. I think yeah, the best situation. I mean, they're doing what they can. Yeah, but you know, sort it out and then get back to us and be clear about what you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it speculation really doesn't help a whole lot when it's uh, particularly when it's fed by vague references by the people in the know mm-hmm. and we know that they're essentially their mindset from what i can tell is basically from almost the same perspective as us because they weren't you know greg and sandy haven't been a part of chaosium for a long time they're coming into this the same way any of us would sure if you or I came to Chaosium and started going through their records, we'd be in the exact same position. Yep. Yeah. So that's kind of the impression I'm getting from the way things are phrased and worded. Yep. Well, I know this has been trying and frustrating on the part of the, the backers. I'm thinking specifically for the uh, Hori on the Orient Express and 7th edition Kickstarter backers. You know, they're, they've been waiting and waiting and some people have received a few things and, you know, there's been some digital distributions, which have been great, but I would, I would encourage patience you know just hang in a little longer let's see what happens after this this shakeup and this change of mm-hmm. of leadership and and let's uh let's see what the final outcome yeah. is i th- i'm 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 optimistic that everyone will be pleased with the uh the eventual outcome yeah the crew needs to basically get a handle on what the situation is before they can move forward in getting everything resolved to everybody's satisfaction. Yep. So that's going to take a little time for them to figure out what the situation actually is standing at. You know, and, and I mean, think about this timing as well. You know, this is uh, June and, uh, you know, we've got Gen Con in a couple of months. I think a lot could happen to, between now and then. And mm-hmm. uh, and I think it would be very interesting to hear any news that comes out of Gen Con. Oh, yeah. That's one thing I even mentioned on the YSDC thread is that the Chaosium panel at Gen Con should be an interesting presentation. <laughs> yeah. And Sandy actually responded, but, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah gonna- that's going to be interesting. You can almost hear the face, the face palm, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, w- I am planned to record that panel. That would be awesome. So I think that is great. something I am going through my head right now. Okay, what do I need to get the best possible recording of this? Since it's probably nobody said anything, but it's most likely in my mind that it's not just going to be Mike. Right. Yeah. I will be shocked if we don't get at least Sandy on there and probably Greg. Yeah. I'm hoping Greg is more vocal in how things are done going forward. I don't think Charlie was ever on a Yeah, hopefully he's not just up there with a spear at Mike's back. Go, 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 go. (laughs) Yeah, that would be unpleasant. Yeah, especially for Mike. Ow, ow, ow. Yeah. Well, one thing to look forward to is tomorrow on June 8th, uh, Paul of Cthulhu is going to be interviewing Sandy Peterson. Yep. Which is, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. But as I said, it's early days for, for public comment. So I will be fascinated to see if I was in their PR wing, I would be <laughs> coaching Sandy. I would be shaping the message. And I think probably none of that's going to happen. So I think we're going to get some very interesting, frank discussions about what's known so far. Of course, 
as you say, Sandy Peterson's not the guy who knows. He's not the guy yeah. who's looking directly. I'm at sure he's in constant contact with Greg. I think that Sandy, from what I gather, I mean, Sandy's been very active on communications. We know that the status quo is going to change. Oh, yes. Every indication is that the status quo is going to change. And there have been such frustrations with that status quo, with the waiting, with the lack of transparency that, uh, you know, everyone's looking forward to to a change. Mm-hmm. I do think, you know, we're, we're really skirting around blame throwing. And, and I mean, the elephant in the room is, is Charlie Crank as as president and CEO and how much blame he personally takes. And, and there's a lot of as Badger and Mark, um, Mark Morrison said in the thread, which I thought was a really interesting counterpoint, is they're both saying, hey, look, these are our friends. Could you stop grave dancing? <laughs> yeah. Know, there are people that, you know, it, this company has been kept buoyant. I mean, in the sense that it's not, there, there's no uh, filing for bankruptcy for years and years. And there have been financial troubles and we have no idea what's at the the source of those. That's part of the problem is we don't know. And, uh, you know, so there, there are people who's, who have lost some friends at the company or, or who, whose friends have left the company, we'll say nobody's missing. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, there's, a, there's a counterpoint there that, uh, yeah. People have worked with Charlie and uh, and the rest of the crew and had good experiences, you know, and that's not true of, of everyone. I'm talking about writers and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cassium has not had a, a, a rosy history in dealing with people. It's had definite issues. And uh, I think that basically we're definitely at the turning point to where those kind of things will be a footnote to Chaosium as a historical note. Yeah. It's not going to be. Hey, on the upside, we as of today in 2015, we don't talk about Chaosium in the past tense. Yeah, and that's, that's right. You know, that that yeah. is a that's a testament to the uh, leadership that that has led Chaosium mm-hmm. for so many years. You know that it is still around, you know, and uh, and yeah. while it its publication, you know, schedule may have been sketchy, for, you know, at times, at least it was still around, you know. That's one thing that should always be remembered, even when there's frustration or or anger or, or difficulties with how things were managed, was the fact that it was still being managed. And this company could have easily gone down like so many other role-playing game companies for being as old as it is, and it's still around. And that's an accomplishment. So even though everything is topsy-turvy and there's all sorts of weirdness going on, keep it in mind, and let's go forward and figure out what it is that's going to be happening. And let's give Greg and his team a chance to get their bearings on what's going on and fix it because they want to fix it. Yep. Sounds good. And one thing I wanted to bring up that Sandy Peterson had actually mentioned on the RPG geek forum is that he's also kind of got in head in his head of ideas for future lines. And he mentioned, uh, I quote, one of my first crack brain schemes is that it seems to me that COC needs a source book and pack of adventures for the Cthulhu Wars time period, i.e. after the Great Old Ones return. Uh-huh. Oh, I see. <laughs> a little crossover there. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I would love to see that. I think that could be rather interesting. You know, it's the human perspective, which isn't really all that present in Cthulhu Wars. Right. And what's interesting is that uh, Sandy has has shown uh, in the last few years a uh, a lot of uh, drive and interest in designing board games. Uh, you know, so he did the uh, Cthulhu Wars, and then there was mm-hmm. a there's another Kickstarter that he just recently did that uh, is not Cthulhu related, but it was that. Uh, the different gods. I forget the name of that one, but it makes me wonder if uh, if he'll bring that that element to uh, to the new Chaosium, and I wonder if we, we might see uh, any board games get designed and published by uh, Chaosium, yeah. or even just a partnership of distribution, something like that. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, it's possible. He actually has sent a, a clarification that he is not physically at Chaosium and he's uh, that he's a vice president of the board of directors and that he's creative consultant. But he, what he says is that he is, as a full-time job, is still president of Peterson Games. Mm-hmm. And that must come That's first with me. So yeah. he, if he does board games, he may keep it within his own company. Ah, uh, okay. Right. Uh, and especially... That's why now, I was thinking distribution. Right. As being a, a tie. Right. Or there may be, I mean, that's what it seems to, he seems to be indicating maybe we'll have a source book for the RPG that's related in, in Chaosium. Uh, since he knows how to fulfill board games, perhaps he's going to continue with the crew that he already has. I assume sure. Yeah. Yeah. But these are things that we can even kind of ask Sandy at later times. I mean, he did put on a short list of conventions he intends to uh, attend this year. Uh, he's going to Kraken and Essen. Both of those, I believe, are German uh, conventions. Yes. And he's also going to be at Gen Con, Celesticon, and Necronomicon Providence. So Sandy's going to be doing a lot of traveling. Yes. But that's also lots of opportunities for us to talk to him and just remember he's not going to be in the know on everything and not be able to say a lot of the stuff he does know. But, you know, I'm glad that he's going to be available to the community to, you know, talk to and hang out with. And hopefully he's ready for the deluge of questions on this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, us on the show, we are enthusiastic about the game, about Chaosium, about the potentials. And that, I know, has come across a little bit as a, you know, even on the forums, it was mentioned rose-colored glasses. But yeah, thanks. This thanks. is thanks for honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I appreciate the honest feedback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're not going to pretend that there aren't problems. There are definitely problems. <laughs> But we're going to report things as we actually know them. And so that usually means having to wait on official releases. We're not being given background information. Thank you for joining us for this special report. More as it becomes available. 